This podcast is brought to you by OnTrack Studio. You are listening to Big Brand Energy. I'm your host, Sophie Wilson, podcast studio owner and coach to aspiring chart-topping podcasters. My studio started as a side hustle when I was working full-time as a digital marketer and I've scaled it from there where I was transporting podcast gear client to client in a washing basket to now having a beautiful, big, purpose-built studio earning six figures. I say this to expand you. My mission is to help you start and scale your platform by giving my unique perspective on how to blend marketing strategy with energetic and mindset work through both solo episodes and conversations with inspiring coaches, creatives, and entrepreneurs. The term big brand energy means to make massive impact in a way that fulfills you. It's contagious. When you embody it, you'll feel your audience grow into fans, your content morph into sales, and your work align with your purpose. If that sounds good to you, you're going to want to follow the show. Now let's get into the episode. Welcome back to Big Brand Energy today. I have a guest very near and dear to my heart, Miss Kristen Rolls. <laughs> she is not only a friend of mine, but also an employee at OnTrack Studio. So she does all the production for pretty much all of our clients. Um, so she's the creative like whiz behind it all, to be honest. I joke and say she's the backbone of the company, but it's <laughs> more, more or less truth than it is joke. Um, but yeah, Kristen, welcome to Big Brand Energy. Thank you. Thank you. We've talked about this for a while, so yeah, it's good. It's bound to happen was bound to happen um today we're actually going to we are going to talk to Kristen and for you guys to get familiar with who she is and everything but what you've got to look forward to is in fact a discussion more or less yeah just a discussion going back and forth about this idea of perception and specifically how sometimes our self-image can actually be pretty damaging to our growth and our success or joy really um because this is something we've been going on about for for a a while now (laughs) yeah um just you know in the office just having chats getting deep and we're like you know what this is actually really relatable for creators and you guys are creators so join in get around it um but before we do get into that Kristen, I would really like you to just give context to, do you know what I would love you to answer? What's something in childhood that you believe was crucial, not crucial, but symbolic for you? And what do you embody now that you always kind of did have as a child? Wow, that's a great starting question. Honestly, who I was as a child is like polar opposite to who I am now. I feel like I've looked back on who I was as a child and done everything in my power to not be that person wow and not lean into that say more I need more yeah okay so typically was a super anxious kid like quite socially awkward didn't really have many friends especially in primary school like I only really started getting good friends and like a lot of friends and different people towards like the end of high school really um yeah dealt with bullying it hasn't really affected me now like I'm very freckly and you know, got the whole fraggle art from Kmart and my last name's Roll, so, you know. <laughs> you can only imagine. The bakery jokes were endless. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm glad I wasn't fat because <laughs> that yeah. would have been – I reckon that would have been detrimental. But yeah. So, yeah, as a kid, like, very, very different, very different person. And I found that as I was getting older, I really – beat myself up about being like that like being awkward not like if I would meet a new person I'd just be like dripping with sweat and I like wouldn't know what to say and I wouldn't know how to hold a conversation like and I just always found myself leaving new interactions being like why the fuck did I say that and like just being so embarrassed within myself yeah 
And I mean, I've only really started making that integration within like the last, I'd say probably 12 months, like just over 12 months Yeah. since I've sort of changed career path. Like I was sort of still just stuck in that super anxious, which I am, I think naturally an anxious person working on it all the time, but my anxieties have already shifted. Like I went from being anxious about little things that are so far out of control and no reason to even be anxious about like Mm. you know the silly little things that people get anxious about to now like that doesn't affect me as like my anxieties have just shift completely yeah totally and it's interesting because you said that your childhood is the opposite to how you are now which is so true but there's also if we were to like peel back the layer of like you know the internal dialogue that you go through I dare say those anxious thoughts or it's pretty much what we're going to be talking about in the mm. in the episode, right? Like if you had that in high school and therefore walked away being like, why do I fucking say that? Mm. That was the energy. How does that still present to you now? Does it still come up? Possibly. But I, I think I've gotten to a point where the level of self-trust is still growing, but I feel like I've gotten to a point where I trust that I know it's okay. Like, yeah. and although I said... Like, I would really dwell on it and be like, oh, they probably think I'm an idiot. Yeah. Full dwelling on, like, their perception of me from that interaction. Yeah. Whereas now, it's, I think it's a combination of things. And I think, because I was sick last week, mm. by the end of it, I was like, get me the fuck out of the house. I'm going insane. Like, mm. the anxiety was coming back up. Like, I think I really realized how I need to be busy to stop that detrimental in a dialogue yeah because which makes so much sense because the anxieties have stopped since I've been developed this busy lifestyle yeah but 12 months ago when I was just you know working nine to five in a retail job wasn't feeling very fulfilled wasn't you know which not to say retail jobs aren't fulfilling it just wasn't my yeah it just wasn't what I wanted to do I'm a creative and I'm like fully in that world now yeah yeah I just would yeah dwell have anxiety do all these things and thoughts and in a dialogue whereas now I'm too busy to even have it you stop the spiral yeah yeah exactly interesting so there are still interactions where I'm like oh like (laughs) you're an idiot why did you say that oh but you know we're only human over here yeah and I think I've just yeah gotten to a point where I'm too busy to even stress about it and like I don't know something's shifted for me to not care as much do you think it truly is coming down to being more busy or do you think that it's a skill set that you can learn and build on and that's what you've been doing. Possibly. I think I'm in a world now where I'm super strategic in who I surround myself with, who yeah. I conversate with, who I give my energy to, who I receive energy from. You can have like that kind of internal boundary where you're not letting yourself get caught up in the mm. in the conversation mm. or even expectations I feel plays a really good role in this. Like, you know, if you go into a conversation with someone who you would consider like not a fulfilling conversation like maybe at surface level maybe you're not aligned spiritually or whatever Mm. I think internal boundaries play a part and you can just be like you know what I expect nothing more from this person than they have ever showed up before and then you go in you have the conversation at that level and then you leave everyone's happy because Mm. you didn't have external yeah you know pressure situation I guess yeah Yeah. I feel that because I would say that you were well I know like you are (laughs) very confident you know who the fuck you are (laughs) so which it really fascinates me when people say that yeah which is kind of I guess let's just segue into the topic because 
Kristen and I are very much we're in each other's corners a lot. So we mm-hmm. see we see people interact because Kristen has you know started to pursue videography as well and being on set and we know a lot of the same people so we mm-hmm. get kind of feedback about each other about you know the other person and it is so interesting how we perceive ourselves versus how the rest of the world like sees us what do you think can you give an example for what I'm talking about so when you heard feedback what the feedback was and how you saw yourself how it made you feel well it, it's literally saying what you like what you just said right here and I've been getting <laughs> straight up <laughs> I've been getting that a lot like I have a new housemate he's said the same thing I went back to my retail job for one day a week and it's a whole new team and like the same feedback like it this put a lot into perspective when I went to work that day and we were all at the back and I don't know what we I don't know how it came up but someone was like oh it's probably because you're intimidating I was like I'm intimidating interesting tell me more like I was Mm. so fast which I get to an extent like I know there's a block when I meet new people I know I'm aware that I can come across as standoffish. Mm. Like I'm so aware of it and it's something I'm really trying to and I feel like I'm a lot better at it. Again, I don't know if I was more standoffish back then because I was so afraid of new interactions that I just didn't even want to give it the time of day. Yeah, totally. So it was an avoidance thing or I don't know, I'm just resting bitch face. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm aware of how I can come across as intimidating but – yeah, like four of the girls were like, yeah, I was so intimidated when I first met you. Like, you're just so outgoing and confident and you can just tell you're one of those people who, like, knows who they are, backs themselves. And I just, like, laughed. I was like, that's hilarious because I fucking hate myself. <laughs> no. <laughs> but it, do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. it just put into perspective because internally I, st- I do, I critique, I critique myself yeah. and I judge myself which is the most relatable thing we all do right we're the hardest on ourselves very critical but I am like the worst at it like I beat myself up about shit all the time yeah well it's interesting because we were having another conversation before this with a friend of ours and we were talking about just identity and I think you know to be honest like ego the term ego I feel like everyone like assumes it means this like inflated obnoxious confident person that walks into a room mm. that you say ego you sort of picture that person but that's not actually what ego is ego is in my definition of it is literally how we self-identify it's our concept of self and what I feel what we're talking about here is the fact that your like our ego has an idea an identity of who we are and when people give us something saying something that is not in like congruence with our understanding of ourselves it either triggers us or expands us or you know this is the journey we get to go on and I feel like when you're in a world you're living a life that you're putting yourself out there you're constantly giving yourself an opportunity to expand that definition of yourself I love that that I would say is what you have done over the last 12 months Mm. from where I'm sitting yeah okay yeah which yeah I think it's it's good. It's though, like, how do you – do you think there needs to be, like, a balance, though? Because, like, I get – I'm at a point where, like, like I love feedback and it just fascinates me. Like, the whole concept of perception mm. fascinates me so much because, yeah, it's like it's like opinions, right? Like, yeah. everyone's got one and I'm, I love being super open-minded and just hearing all perspectives because yeah. it's it's fascinating. And But I get to a point where I'm more – 
conscious of listening to other people's perspective of me rather than even listening to myself. Totally. And it, and it, then it goes off like, okay, well, this person said this, so I need to be more like this rather than just being like, well, hang on, who's well, the person I actually want to be? Like, do you think there's a happy balance that needs to be there? Yeah. Well, I believe that everyone who, whether they're saying it to your face or drawing a conclusion, like, you know, in the company of their own home, like, you know, it's, it's a point of view. It's their point of view on you and it's actually not accurate. Mm. <laughs> That's the funny thing. Like as much as we'll take the compliment or sometimes we take the criticism, what people say, all that the person is saying is this is how I'm seeing you based on my events in my life. And mm. often we see ourselves in other people. So if, you know, I likely see confidence in you because I'm confident. Mm. Like, so I, true, yeah. You know, and I and I admire that people who, but counter to that, like people who are more insecure see confidence, and you see it as intimidation. Mm. It's the same thing. That's so true, yeah. So I think it's really important. I think it's I'm like you, as you know, like open minded, and you know, we operate in a society with more than one person in it. So mm. we're not the only person here. So I think it's really important to be conscious of how you come across to other people. Mm if nothing else to get ahead in life because at the end of the day you need to be conscious of other people in order to not mold yourself but be palatable or Mm. not or intentionally not Mm. you know you have a bit more you take the definition of I was saying before that my latest thing is to like literally look up definitions and see what the actual meaning of things are so conscious and I pick and choose the definitions that I feel true yeah Because there's lots. But like being a conscious human, consciousness as a word actually means observing without judgment. So, Mm. you know, there's this whole big thing about becoming more conscious. And if you really think about it, okay, what's that mean? It means, yeah, taking on that feedback, whatever point of view and and just non-judgment, like not fuck yeah, stroke my ego, that feels Mm. good. Or I hate myself, that feels really bad. Mm. Neither of those things should happen. Mm. But it's like, interesting, I hear that. And what do I want to do with that? That is, and if you're, and you can use this like information about your ego, in my opinion, to your advantage. So if you know that your concept of self is, you know, often spiraling, like comparing yourself to others, Mm -hmm. you know, it's doing those things to you. What you can do is be like, okay, this is what I know I'm going to be building evidence from based on like my understanding of who I am. So how do I change that? You like etch in, you hear that compliment and you let that expand you and you consciously mm. am like, okay, well this is how someone else is viewing me. So that if I'm like both are true, so just pushing it out a little bit, mm. but you know, I don't think the majority of my listeners are in that s- spiral of insecurity. Like mm. I think the people that are in my world, you and I, like we are, we people who know who we are. Mm. So therefore, I don't think it serves us necessarily to take on as much feedback as necessary, mm. um, as That's like true. some some would see necessary. However, I think wherever you're getting joy from, like if you're receiving something and you're actually like, wow, that means a lot, then lean mm. in. Yeah. If, you're, if you're not, yeah. But then I guess we've also had other conversations where you need to be like just aware of how other people feel. It's, it's a fine line. It's a, it is a fine line because that's when like, especially like in a workplace, yeah, you've got to be aware of people's feelings because then people don't want, if you, you don't care, people don't want to work with you. Totally. Like people don't want to be surrounded by, you You know, so yeah. it, there is an element of having both. I, I believe that if you are acting authentic, 
if you're acting authentically, then you are in alignment with what you're doing, mm. with what you're meant to be doing, and you're not doing it based on like fear. Mm. I've got a big thing that I always like preach in most situations. It can, can kind of come up, but like, you know, we operate like we're conscious of our image, which blocks us from create our so authentic things. expression, mm. which in turn means we're not going to quote unquote make make it because authenticity requires vulnerability, which requires you know, mm. grit and resilience because when you're putting yourself out there, not everyone is going to like you or, mm. it or whatever it is. Mm. So, however, it's that which is the gateway into fulfillment. You know, mm. that's where you find those people who really actually get you, really understand what it is you're doing as opposed to making surface level connections with more people. Mm. You're really, you're feeling actual fulfillment with whatever you're doing, like whether mm. it's just going to a social event and being yourself and being liked, mm. it's pretty powerful as opposed to going, being palatable. Yeah, everyone liking you, but no one's talking about you after being like, fuck, I love Kristen. Like, yeah. she was a vibe. Yeah, you know, that's true. It's like, if you've got that, if you've got that energy about you that you're a vibe, there's 100% someone going to be like, oh, she was too much. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. It's all. But I think, like, when did it become shameful? Like, I feel like we shame wanting to be liked like I feel like that you're going for that approach yeah which like your their goal is to be polarizing well you mean I mean more like I think in society like you hear like you know fuck the haters like be yourself you're not going to please everyone like which is all so true and I agree with but on the other hand it's like why is it such a bad thing to want to be liked by lots of people yeah it's not it's but I feel like that's, that's a shameful the, that's thing. Like I feel like that's the – but then it kind of comes across as like a whatever helps you sleep at night because it's like, oh, well, they didn't like me, so I'm just going to full guns up, like wall up, like yeah. but, I don't care. But do you know what the difference is? Is that it, that is a reactive – that is a response, reactive response. Yeah. That's and true. Whereas like if you're just like self-protection, again, like you don't want, you don't want that to be true. Mm. That's not cool like yeah. for you then you're just going to be like, yep, yeah, no, I'm making this decision because you want to be in control. Yeah. Whereas like what someone else could do, and I've done this many times, is like I've received an insight into an opinion of me and I've gone and sat with it and I've been mm. like, is this is this true for me? Like, is this actually what I believe? Mm. And then assess yes, no, and I've changed. Like mm. I've changed because of it. Yeah. But it's been a, it's been a choice. Yeah. You know, and I think it's like when you just react – you strip yourself from from the the choice to the grow choice. even yeah yeah like if i'm going to be me anyway and not change for someone even if they don't like me i want to choose that yeah i don't want to be the one who's just you know a slave to my pattern and just this is how i show up that's true don't you reckon yeah a battle i had was i thought like i've just come to the clu- conclusion that i'm a chameleon yeah what's wrong with being a different person around different people and i feel like that's a shameful thing i hear you and it's so frustrating and clear because i too am a social chameleon it's and it's, i think it's a good thing it's like in my blood yeah. but yeah like honestly it is here's the thing though you could see this as and again this comes down to the person like you telling me that i i hear you i'm like yeah i get it because i'm just seeing a reflection of myself yeah but the other people you might say that they'll be like well, that's two-faced because that's a reflection of them. Yeah, because right? they, because they, if you were being, so here's the facts. 
Facts of facts, Australia. Facts of facts, Australia. <laughs> we are multidimensional beings. Yes. We have so many different elements to ourselves. Mm. So for you But to- are we all? I would say yes, okay. and I think the people that have a problem with that multi-dimension are people who aren't in touch with their others. They're mm. showing up surface level 2D, like I'm the same everywhere because I'm not in touch with my other dim- dimensions. Okay. And so it's hard for them to see that, like an ability, and adaptability. Yeah. There are people who obviously are those really intense characters that you could pretty much, you know, go into a room and you're like, okay, I know what they're going to be like. Yeah. But they have different, they do have Mm. layers of difference and they Mm. present differently. I've had like, you know, even like people who I work with versus like friends with, we have different, like we show up differently Mm. in in those situations, still the same person. Mm -hmm. But to really boil it down to like simplicity, that's what's happening. However, I completely agree with you. I think Mm. that society does shame it and that's why it makes it so difficult for people to connect with one another because they're like so conscious of how they're being perceived Mm -hmm. and this is what comes into content like you know people and it's I feel as though your content can only connect as deeply with others as you have connected with yourself and this is I get a lot of this in my work like a lot of people like I want to particularly when I used to work in marketing but also in podcasting it would be like I want to xyz connect with these people reach these people Mm. and a marketer can only do so much for a brand that hasn't forged like that real underpinning thing. Yeah. So like I really see that coming out in my work a lot. And I think that, yeah, I guess like first, first step when you're like struggling with images to get curious, mm. build awareness, I think. Yeah. Because you need to get an understanding of how you're perceiving yourself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I believe that if you, you'll actually attract what, your reality is Mm. so that's true for example like recently i had i had i can't even remember what what the like big you know thing is but had a little menti (laughs) b god love me um but (laughs) basically i had a little spiral moment and it was and i what i what i was saying was i don't feel like people trust me like i don't feel like Mm. people trust me to be oh that's it was to do with the business i'm like And I was having conversations in family and they were saying like, I was receiving like, whoa, you're being like crazy. That's a lot of risk. And like, and what I was feeling was like, you don't trust me to be able to pull this off. You don't Mm. trust my vision to be able to actually, you know, make it. And that was offending me. But then I went. But did that make you not trust yourself? Reverse. Okay. I went internal. I thought about it. I'm like, what part of me doesn't trust myself? Mm. Because I would not be getting triggered by this perception I'm I'm perceiving that they've got on me. If I truly did trust myself, I'd be like, that's hilarious. Mm. That is hilarious. You think this is risky. Like if only you knew I was going to make it big, then you wouldn't be, mm. you know, that would be my energy. Yeah. But because I, yeah, on some level didn't truly trust myself in that moment, I was like, okay. And where's this coming from? And that's where I believe the work begins, mm. you know, leaning into rather than because a lot of people, well, that's the thing. Like a lot of people hold themselves back in business, in life, because they listen too much to people's opinions. Exactly. And a lot of people take that and let that stop them. Like they don't go any yeah. internally and being like, okay, well, why am I listening to this? Exactly. And do you know what? It comes back to like the concept of self. So you... Your concept of self, like if you're in that situation, 
your concept of self is someone who goes for it and makes shit happen. Mm. So when you receive judgment from other people, which in turn is only just reflecting what you deeply believe about yourself on some level, you're at a crossroad and you get to decide, okay, do I get to play it safe now because they don't believe in me and I get to sit here and be like, they don't believe in me, I'm not going to make it like, and kind of like play victim in a sense to be like, well, it's easy for other people. Like they have family who support them. They have a partner like who um, they, that earns heaps of money. They mm-hmm. have this, they have that. I don't have that. And like, therefore this is what's happening. Mm. Or you can decide to move anyway mm. and build evidence of a different scenario. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I have had a lot of experience with because, mm. and I'm not shaming the person who feels this way, right? We all do. We all get to a point where we're reflected something that someone perceives something of us and it makes us question ourselves. That's mm. why it hurts. But the reason why it hurts is because on some level we see truth to it. To it, yeah. You can't tell me that if I came here and said, Kristen, what the fuck's with the purple hair, that you would be triggered. <laughs> yeah. Because you're like, Sophie's colorblind or Sophie's got something, yeah. got an issue. My yeah. hair isn't purple. Yes, yeah. So that's how you know that there's something there and it's not always – it's not always a you problem, mm. It's but it's an invitation to assess, yeah. in my opinion, and then, you know, make moves anyway. Yeah. Because for as long as you stay in that point where you're, like, absolutely, like, you know, stuck in stuck in not moving because you're scared of how you'll be perceived, you, you're not going to – you're not going to shed, shed that. No. Or transcend it. Yeah. Thoughts? 100%. Yeah. Because that's the biggest thing. I have a podcast – Yes, she does. But the biggest, but we don't, I mean, a lot of it is, I, yeah, doing all the things. Very, very busy lady. Yeah. Um, my co-host is the exact same. Yeah. But a big thing we struggle with is we hold back a lot on the podcast. Yeah. Like, I love so much Two Peas in a Pub and how they just come in and they are so unapologetically themselves. Unfiltered. And I just I love it, but I don't like if I was to be like that, I would think that I would be perceived as a certain way because I'm being myself. Like, so we naturally hold back because it's like, oh, well, she just said this and now she looks dumb or she said this and made a joke and it's not funny. So she just tries to be funny. Like, yeah, I'm really glad we're having this conversation on the podcast because I feel like my audience, you know, are going to get this because you either have a podcast or you're a creator in some some way. Some way. And yeah. I think let's just normalize the fact that what you're you're up against is what we all face. Mm. But the thing is, is the reason why podcasts, whatever your goal is, like what would you say, would you give me your goal for your podcast when you first started it? What would it have been? It was to make impact. You wanted to make impact. You wanted to have relatable conversations. Mm-hmm. In order to do that, you need to be open like a bit of an open book or a vulnerable to a point to be able to share like real true truth about your life because otherwise you're not you're not going to be able to sustain mm. the conversations yeah and so I feel like that's really common for like a lot of people want to start a podcast it's like I have the deepest conversations I have the greatest like conversations behind closed doors but it's different when it's on public domain mm. so I feel as though this is what all of pretty much all of my clients do really well is like they just push through that mm, you know uncomfortable feeling uncomfortable feeling it's definitely difficult when there's two people living two different lives like two co-hosts and when you don't when you don't necessarily you know you want to protect your 
you want to protect your image. That's mm. just what we all want to do. 100%. So it's like this is where like you get to that point and it's like, yeah, you're not going to be able to make it unless you get through this, you heal mm. this. And you you have a choice again right now to be like, do I throw in the towel with the podcast or do I just open up? Mm. So can we go deeper on a societal level? Yeah. And like this is where the fear of cancel culture is a thing. Yeah. Like you've the fear of being judged. And then that was a big thing for me too, is it's like, what if I say something on this episode and then it blows up, you know, we become big time podcasters. It's our full-time job. In three years, someone goes back and holds me to what I said then. And then I'm canceled, you know, like, why is it that we just in, as a society, we just hold every, like everyone to everything that they say. Like it's so frustrating, which is where the block comes up for me a lot is it's like I don't want to say something now that's going to be used against me because nothing is safe on the internet like it's always there it's always traceable like how does one like just navigate that yeah look this was actually what I was going to say before so I believe I went off on a different tangent as we do as we do so when when you're at a crossroads (laughs) i'm gonna call this crossroad energy um (laughs) but when you are okay what you know you're feeling like a a a block if you will to you know sharing something on your podcast and lean in yeah i would say okay is this block coming from fear or is it coming from love and the way and i believe in in any expression whatever it is if it's if your block's coming from fear that's not a worthy block so Mm. if you think about like something for example you might not want to share on your podcast say you and your partner had a fight and out of love for him you don't want to you want to protect your image because out of love for him you know you're going to get through it and that I would say worthy self-image protect yourself Mm. if you are in in fact feeling that block because of yeah fear of being cancelled it's like well your fear is like in life, I it, this is just a life philosophy. It's not about content. It's just about like your emotions are always signaling you. Mm. Like that's what they are. Like I believe that emotions are signals and all the like fear is bullshit. Mm. Fear is just bullshit. Mm. Validating the fact that that is a true thing. And we were talking about again before the podcast, like cancel culture is just propaganda as well. Like it's like everyone's getting canceled. Are they, are they being canceled mm. or is it just a select few that blatantly either a should be or b have you know struck mm. out of luck and mm. are they truly cancelled could they come back mm. Which you know what i mean some like do. kanye yeah. can come back mm. i believe that yeah but then that's the thing like he could integrate himself in the next six months and shift and be a whole completely different person but there's still going to be millions of people who will just hold on to the opinion they had on him from himself six months ago those people <laughs> that are holding on to that opinion of Kanye is more are the ones who are holding on to opinions of themselves. Yeah. And that's, you know what I mean? And that's the biggest thing is I know like I always become a bit judgmental when it comes to this sort of stuff. Like the whole Selena Gomez and Hayley Bieber, Hayley Bieber drama. Like yeah. people are so invested in it and I'm yeah. just like get a fucking hobby. Yeah, 100%. Like what? why does it matter? Like it's just people just don't put energy in the right places. Yeah. Like it's rather than filling your cup 
with the things that actually give you purpose and all of the things because they're too busy listening to the people's opinions and perspective on what they actually want to do so it blocks them from even wanting to do it they're then getting caught up in shit that you know and then that's when the like whinging about like oh susan at work today yeah so blah blah and then it both it like we've all been there yeah i was there like when i was in a job that didn't fulfill me yeah go home like i think about the shit i used to say that used to bother me yeah and i'm like wow who was that person exactly and when you at the moment you like stop doing that stop playing into that Mm. you your world changes changes 12 months ago who was in your life are they still the same people now there'd be some few like a few well i have yeah there's lot of diet like yeah die hard besties besties yeah totally i've yeah i've just broadened broadened you because i i feel like i've just found my people and that's the beauty of like leaning into uncomfortability like so much like the last 12 months has been the fucking hardest of my life but the most rewarding like i've just gotten to a point where i've found my people and i'm sorry and that's the thing like that's what makes I think humans so beautiful is we we are all on our own journey and then that's the thing like I'm saying like whinging about Susan at work we all do that that's human nature and it's so fine I'm not yeah. saying like that's shouldn't be allowed and we shouldn't have that but how caught up are you getting in that yes is, is Susan from work keeping you up at night that is where we need to draw the line yes yeah because like, that's not worth it yeah it's not at all no but and I think as well like speaking into the comfortability or lack thereof in your, the last 12 months. Like this is again, where we're, we're actually changing. We are taking control of how, who we are, because prior to that, you might not you specifically, but before someone is, gets themselves in like uncomfortable situations, they'd be like, no, that's too hard. Like I could never do that. Mm-hmm. Right. That might be their relationship with uncomfortable, mm-hmm. uncomfortability. The moment you do it and then it pays off once, You've now got a blueprint of how uncomfortable pays off. So then amen. the next time you're uncomfortable, you actually inherently know you've got the neural pathways there to support you to be like, good is coming. Mm. This is good because mm-hmm. last time it paid off. Yeah. So it, it is You hard. become addicted. Well, yeah. I'm addicted to that you nervousness. Do. Yeah. Oh, it's wow. Like, well, it's like, because what am I going to learn from this experience? Yeah, exactly. It's just understanding that being uncomfortable is... Only a growth opportunity. Totally. It, it is. It's all about it. This is literally, uh, do you have a, are you building a growth mindset or are you staying in a fixed mindset? Mm. If you are staying in a fixed mindset, then that is, you know, that my hands are tied. Like I can't yeah. help you. No amount of podcasts you listen to, no, about a, no amount of self-help books you read, whatever it is, is going to help you if mm-hmm. you can't make that call. And I also just want to say, like, it is so hard in that moment, in that initial discomfort, mm. and I'm not oh, yeah. invalidating that. No. We both have experienced, have experienced it, yeah. pain. It's mm. painful. Mm. It's actually it painful. more than anything. But, like, pain is actually your portal into the next version of your mm. life. Yeah. Like, how good's that? Mm. And we both know that to be true. Yeah. I, like, stand by it. I used to be that person that, yeah, the narrative was... <laughs> can't do that oh yeah as if like the I, the dream life that I wanted to live was too hard and out of reach yeah but I'm now at a point where I've done it so much that I've built such a level of self-trust yeah that I know I can do whatever the fuck I put my mind to yeah 
totally. Like, yeah, it's going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to feel weird. It's going to feel all these things. Yeah. It's worth it. It's all worth it. I feel as though, like, I mean, I speak from a place of the biggest fears, those things, those fears we talked about that that are blocking you actually coming true. Mm. Like, I have lived through my darkest fears coming Mm. coming through. But now, from where I'm sitting, I'm like, Cool. Worst case scenario, that happens. Mm. And then I rebuild. Done it before, we'll do it again. And so that's just so empowering. And I think it's so easy for people to say from a privileged point of view, like, and don't get me wrong, I'm privileged in my own right as well. But like, we hear all these like conversations around like, oh, just push through the pain and it'll, it'll work out, love and light, whatever. It's like, no, 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 it might not. Mm. But you are, you are going to be okay yeah. at the end. Exactly. So, and just having that belief. And it's just interesting because like this is, you know, still on theme with perception. It's mm-hmm. like you have so much agency and choice over how you perceive your life, mm-hmm. your failures, your successes, your opportunities. Exactly. Well, the biggest perception for me for failure, I don't believe failures. I don't perceive failure as even being a thing. I it don't, doesn't exist. I think like if you try something, um, insert clip of ASAP Rocky saying trying things playing now (laughs) (laughs) but even yeah he's your favorite I love it (laughs) like it it has pushed me to do so much in my life like I used to have a beauty influencer youtube channel yeah wanted to be the thing wanted to be the next shiny grim and michael whatever finch michael finch wow I'm proud of myself yeah good on you I'm not usually good with pop culture Um, but he says in it, like, when has it become not cool to try? Like, when when has yeah. that been an issue? And what's, what is failure? What is – because to me, I value so much learning. Like, that's my biggest thing and growing. And so every experience, every avenue that I take, I just wholeheartedly will never think of it as a failure if it – I don't know. Like, there's been set jobs that I've worked on and I've left and been like, that was a fucking nightmare. Yeah didn't love whatever, like felt shit about the work that I did, which could be perceived as some people as like, I really failed today. Like I really didn't work my best. I didn't blah, blah, blah. But I never constructed in my head as that. It's always, okay, what did I learn today? Yeah. And what do I know not to do again? Yeah, totally. Like that, It and that's the perception. It's just reframing your mindset in all of these little things to perceive something in a way that aligns with you and aligns with your values. Yeah, totally. And I also think it's, it's actually the simple way of doing this is, is in action when that failure feeling presents itself. Mm. That is where the work is done. It's not beforehand. It's not listening now and being like, you know what? Yeah, I don't see failure. I'm going to try and I'm going to just do whatever. Mm. But then when you do fail, that is where you put this implementation across and mm. you're like, wow, okay, no, I'm actually going to right now choose different, choose mm. to see this, choose to see whatever it is yeah. and build that muscle. Yeah. Resilience. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. Yeah, you got to work at it. It's not. Yeah, totally. You're not born with a, a beautiful gluteus maximus. No, you you're not. squat, babe. Yeah, go squat. 70 kilo squats is what gets <laughs> you there. Let's go. You got to work at it. Yeah. Like totally. anything. Yeah. It's all mindset. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like even sitting here talking, I'm already thinking back to things I've already said in this and being like, oh, I hope I don't get perceived this the wrong way. What's coming up? Real time. 
Well, real wow. Wow. Um, at the start when I said lucky I wasn't fat, I'm like, I, I hope I don't offend fat people now. Yes. But it's Interesting. Like, totally. I'm, and then that's the thing. Like people will be like, oh, fat shaming. Like, I don't yeah, know. Like totally. I, this is what's coming up. It's in, so fascinating. Yeah, like yeah, why? Yeah, yeah. But I'm not. And then this is the biggest thing I've really, I'm going on a bit of a tangent here. The biggest thing I've really started to realize and try and implement in my life is remembering intentions. Yes, exactly. Like people forget people's true intentions. Totally. And they, they matter. It matters more than anything. Like, yeah. And I think that's where forgiveness comes in. And I've, I'm, I, I'm not the type to hold grudges. Yeah. But, but also you might be. I think there's somewhere in your life that there is something. And it's like, and I say this with love and from a place of this happening to me where I'd be like, I'm just not like that, you know. Mm. But there is a part of you that's holding a grudge to someone. And that is why you perceive people holding a grudge against you. Wow. And it's not your fault. For doing that, I because never thought about that. we are, we grow up in a society where that normalized, like there's like, you know, you do hold a grudge and I dare say, and I couldn't tell you where that lies and I know you really well. Mm-hmm. So it would be deep, but I think that like the people listening that are judging you for saying the fat thing, that is probably because they judge themselves on some level. That's true. For things they say. That's true. And. Wow. I've never thought about that. But yeah, I, th- I would like to think I, I don't. To a degree, because I really am trying to remember people's, like I was saying, intentions. Like, yeah. We well, were- yeah, you are really good at that. But I think that you aren't, you're judging yourself, not others. Yeah, okay. Which maybe I hold a grudge against how much I'm hard on myself. Exactly. <laughs> why am I still in this place? Yeah, why am, I, why am I like this? Why, yeah. yeah. Why is this getting me down when I've, I should be past it by now? Yeah. I've dealt with this demon multiple times, yet here he is. That's so true. It is. It's very interesting. But in saying that, like, I, I completely agree. And what I know to be true is that there are levels, like our, like, conscious, you know, what we are right now, who we are, how we present now day to day isn't the person who judges anyone Hmm. it's deep stored within the body subconscious it's subconscious it's or like there's conscious there's subconscious and there's the body level as Mm, we know yes where trauma actually is stored Mm -hmm. and by trauma i mean an an unprocessed event it's not necessarily you know a car accident a death or whatever Mm. it's just simply an unprocessed event which make us live out a pattern that we aren't we we want to unsubscribe from but we're not conscious of it we Mm. don't know so it's as simple as being like literally for you if you if you are a podcaster or a creator who is who is scared of being cancelled i urge you to really take inventory of a how you you know cancel quote-unquote cancel other people Mm. or yourself Mm. and this is taking back to my example of the of the trust like that was not an obvious thing like I am perceived as someone who fucking just goes for it and Mm. trusts myself a lot. Mm. That's the feedback I get all the time. Yeah. And so I didn't know that I didn't, I had some like deep within like block Mm. until I was like, wait a second, why am I so triggered by feeling like people don't trust me? Journaled, meditated, sat with it. Fuck, I don't trust myself. Mm. Brought awareness to it, let it go. Now I feel like I trust myself, but that demon may come back, you mm. know, and you, that's what you've got to also get into the habit of in this growth mindset perception journey is like we slay the dragon, but the dragon, it's going to come back and that's okay. Yeah. 
you don't you like we've got to just stop putting these like destinations mm. and like checkpoints on, on everything and yeah. just acceptance and like true again consciousness is observation without judgment the f- i love that the best thing you can do for yourself in my opinion is whenever you feel a judgment switch it to curiosity mm. you do this really well do i you do yeah okay. you are a very curious person that's I why you're it. so open-minded yeah. this is also why we get along so well because yeah. we both are like this but yeah. yeah it's like but behind closed doors when you're at you know at home and you are spiraling like there's probably an opportunity there to bring curiosity instead of judgment on yourself, my opinion. So if I'm spiraling at home. Yeah. For example, hypothetically. Hypothetically. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what a recent spiral was. I'll just take you through what I do to myself, which may be perceived to other people as like fucking intense. <laughs> but I love that. It works. It works. It works for me. And yeah. I'm getting I'm making moves. So yeah. So a situation that comes up, because on the side of On Track Studio, I also do photography. Um, it's all still very new as well. So I'm trying to build my pathway and all of that. So naturally, a lot of blocks come up. And a big spiral is, I mean, I feel like I've started to trust my skill set, but yeah. I still also then have spirals of like, I guess, imposter syndrome. Yeah. You don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Like... You're, and then you know this, like you help me a lot with this, is like pricing. You're not yeah. worth that. Yeah. And then I spiral like if I've done a shoot with someone and I've charged more than what I'm used to charging and then I'm at home editing and the edit's not going well, that's the biggest thing. And I'm not editing well. I'm like, you're a fraud. Yeah. You are a fraud. You've just scammed someone of this money and it looks shit. Here's what I'm actually going to bring I- – I'm going to bring something to the table that I wasn't actually initially going to do. Um, But I would say like specifically with imposter syndrome, one thing like I dealt with this a lot in my early, like early on in career. And I look back in hindsight and I actually think, and I listen to it, there's like, you know, a rise in content about imposter syndrome. Mm. Here's what I, my new latest spin on it. Love. Hit me. Sometimes it's not a syndrome. Sometimes you are an imposter. Sometimes it's the first time you've ever done it and straight up, fuck, you know, you're in over your head. Mm. You are an imposter in that situation. That's okay. Like, what would you do if you were genuinely trying, like say you use the term fraud. If you were a fraud and you wanted to appear as though you knew more than you you did or you were about to get uncovered, if you're feeling like a fraud and you're about to be, go and teach yourself the things that that person would know. So there's the part where, and I know you've done this, you invest a lot of time and money into your skill set. So this is like, you know, I think the reason I bring it up is because for the listener that's feeling imposter syndrome, I don't want you to gaslight yourself into thinking, fuck, I've got imposter syndrome, you know, and then you get to play victim there like, oh, I really want this to go away and outsource your power when you can actually feel the imposter syndrome. Okay, look at that. What parts of this is true? Mm. Like, what can I actually like refine my skills on and Mm. feel really empowered then because then just say you've got like you're not and this is a real thing it's like if you're not a hundred percent on lighting what could you do you could sit there and be like oh, imposter syndrome I can't wait for this to go or you can do what Kristen did and book a lighting workshop mm. and actually get the skill set mm. so I just want to point that out for anyone listening in case you're not doing that because imposter syndrome like the conversation is exhausting me and it's like when I was a first-time marketer, like I just came out of agency, had never touched Facebook ads in my life, I felt imposter syndrome so much. Or did I? 
Or did I had had I just never touched Facebook ads in my life and so needed it was scary. to needed to train up? Yeah, that's not a syndrome. You're an imposter. Yeah, go work it out and then come back. And then if you're still if you've executed on all these things and actually established yourself in that you know skill set mm. and are coming up against imposter syndrome, that's where you can binge that content and I- implement those mindset shifts and actually feel the benefit. Mm. Just pointing that out. There. I love that. That's that's very true. Like I remember. The first time I opened Premiere Pro, yeah, which is Adobe's editing, video editing software, and I literally cried because <laughs> I was like, "How the fuck?" I was, I, I'm yeah. jumping into videography and I don't even know what I'm doing. Yeah, totally. Like, what, what is this fucking Da Vinci Code right in front of my face right now? My biggest thing is when you started here. I'm like, just like give. I, I was, I said. I was like, just learn it. Like mm. you, like I'm paying you to learn it, learn it. Mm. Like, it's not like I'm expecting you to know how to use it. Mm. And that's where like, you know, leadership comes in and yeah. all these things you need to be in supportive environments, rah, rah, rah. But you know, if you don't have that, then do it on your own. Yes. <laughs> Every man for himself. Yeah. But like you can, you can implement like, I just feel like what's happening when you're imposter syndrome and for you, when you're second guessing yourself, what's actually truly just happening in a simple form is you're being completely pulled out of safety. Mm. You're like, I can't do this. You're uncomfortable. So there's the part where it's like cool mindset shifts need to happen, but also there's a part where you actually need to feel safe. Mm. And to do that, you build the infrastructure around you in order to like not feel this way anymore. Mm. Like the real actual external shit, bring it in. And then there's the part where you've actually integrated all of that. You've done, you've built the skill set. you've gone hard and your concept of self has not actually been upgraded to this new level that you're at and that's where the imposter syndrome the mindset shifts need to come in Mm. and so where the way to do that is all you need to do is to gather evidence of your new self so where where is it true that I actually am a boss ass photographer like where can I can I see that anywhere yeah okay everyone has been paying my invoices so fine no one trust me people don't pay unless they fucking want it Mm. like they'll get out of it they'll you know so that's evidence that you're a great photographer okay so all these things and you just pull in evidence into your awareness and then you'll realize that it's again your own perception of yourself that is holding you back Mm. and then this is where this is what I do regularly I'm like okay so where did I learn that I had to be xyz in order to be a good photographer or in order to be a good mm. marketer. So for you, where did I learn that I had to nail the edit the very first time in order to be perceived as a good photographer? Mm. Can it be true that you actually need several goes at it mm. and still be a good photographer? Usually it links back to something in childhood where for me anyway, like you guys listening can integrate this as like it's just perfectionism Mm. so we are taught we learn from someone by witnessing or by experiencing that we need to be perfect the first round otherwise it's not good enough at all well it's like school tests exactly if you're not getting every answer right there's a big fucking red cross next to it telling you you're wrong exactly so and this is how we all grew up and then we all get here and we're like oh so dysregulated when these things go wrong Mm. but then and that's when you have to do the you know, the journaling of like, okay, I actually, this is what happened. Usually it requires you releasing that narrative and by releasing it, you need to actually express like whether it's sadness, anger, whatever it is, like how did that actually make you feel in that moment and simply expressing it, whether it's journaling or screaming into a pillow or talking it out, mm-hmm. that's that's what you do. And then all of a sudden you'll find, okay, I'm actually like not holding as much tension. I'm going to go mm-hmm. back in with a new state of mind and be okay. Back into growth mindset, Kristen, instead of fixed mindset, where it yeah. has to be this way. Which I am 
the worst at that. I I get stuck because talking to Caleb, like a big part of being a cinematographer is you light your scene. Yeah. And I love watching him work because you can just see his eye looking at every little inch of yeah. that shot and how it looked. It, and it's just it's so... It's art it, form. It, it's art. It's, yeah. I am in awe witnessing it every time. Yeah. So, you know, asked him, you know, how should I light this and what do I need to know for photography? And he was just like, there's no right way. Like, you've yeah. just got to play on the day and on the shot. Like, there's no... But in my head, I'm like, there's only one... There's only a right or a wrong way. Like, there's yeah. no... In between. No in between. That is what will limit you. And it does. And let's be... Let's actually take that. So, that is your perception of yourself being projected out. So, when mm. you actually deeply on, on yourself, you believe for you there's a right and a wrong way. Hence why you're scared of being cancelled. Yeah, wow. Because on on the deepest level, you actually believe there is a right and a wrong, right and, and wrong. therefore you cancel yourself if it's wrong. Mm. So you shift this, you won't be scared of coming up against cancel wow. culture on your podcast. Yeah, fuck. Wow, full circle there. Full circle. I'm glad that actually stayed on theme. Yeah, because we it, tend where the amount of conversations we have, and we're like, yeah, how did how, how did, did we, we get, get here? here? But yeah, <laughs> truly, most things in life, if you're being blocked by in business or in your creative passion, it's got to do with perception. Mm. And if you are dealing with that, you got to look within. Yeah. And then that's where you'll free yourself. Mm. And and honestly, when I think about it, because like I think it's really important to name what you're chasing, right? So for me, I'm like you, surface level, I'm chasing like, you know, phenomenal podcasts, like, you know, for people to actually make it in the industry, rah, rah, like that's surface level. But really what I'm, truly if I think about it I'm like I just want freedom to express myself Mm. I think that's what all we want and that's why like you just have to remember like really on the deepest level what are you chasing what do you want and I think all humans have this yearning to be seen and heard yeah so stop getting in your own way because you're not going to feel that way if you're not a presenting authentically and b putting your hands up and saying okay take it Mm. take it as as it is and just like yeah yeah and just let yeah, let go, let go, let go, and lean leave. in, let go, lean in. It's got, not gonna. It's not meant to be fucking easy. No, just not, have fun doing it. That's my motto. That is Kristen's motto, and it just has been adopted here in On Track Studio because it's so. And this is this is going back to what we talked about earlier about putting energy into things. So yeah. my favorite TV show of all time is RuPaul's Drag Race. Drag queen represent. Drag queen. Drag queen. <laughs> and this is the biggest thing he preaches. Like there's queens that come on that are fashion queens or they're the theatre queens and they have their specialty that they do. Yeah. But to be the drag superstar, you have to sort of embody all of it. Yeah. But you see these people every season have breakthroughs where, you know, they came in being like, oh, I'm just a pageant fashion queen and that's all I can do. But then they get into the acting challenges and they're just having so much fun leaning into the character yes. and you can just see when you're having fun doing it, everyone's having fun with you. But then yeah. you see the people who are in their head like, oh, well, I'm just a fashion queen. I can't do anything else. And then they're not leaning in. They're not having fun. They're just anxious and like telling themselves this narrative that, yeah. well, I'm not an actor, so I'm not going to do well. Yeah. they It sucks. Like, yeah. And then they, what happens? They don't become an actor and they, or they don't do well. Exactly. Like, what you are focusing on grows. Yeah. Like, just have fun and everyone will have fun with you. Yeah. My mum always used to say my favourite saying of hers is, if you laugh, the world laughs with you. 
if you cry, you cry alone. I'm like, that's so true. When you're happy, so is the rest of us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which, yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, we will wrap it up there, but I'm, I'm loving that. I think, let me know if you did too, because I'm thinking this could be a regular thing where we just bring a topic. Yeah, I'd love that. Table talk it. Yeah. And um, white table talk. White table talk. Two creatives. <laughs> Two creatives having a yarn. In the, in the struggle. Yeah. We are the worst. Why are we like this, creatives? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's because we're expressing ourselves. We're meet- true. It's because creatives are meeting their edges, whereas yeah. the rest of the world is just like not. No, true. So it's like the, there's a reason why the freelancers, the creators, the fucking photographers, cinematographers, all Linked things. with identity. Yeah. It's all linked with identity. You're pushing to your edges, so you're going to have more existential crises than your mate who's working at Yui. So true. Um, no shade to Yui. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Yui. Don't but, <laughs> Yeah, anyway, thank you for listening, everyone. Like and subscribe. Follow the show. And, yeah, see you next time. <laughs>